Good morning, afternoon. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Three R Sports minus the one R that's already it's all late. Uh, Robbie, do we have to talk about Rods being late every week? Well, he's not early yet. Usually, he's like ten minutes late. So if he shows up like nine oh five, then it'll kind of be early. We need to start a Tom Coughlin regime. Like if you're if you're on time, you're fifteen minutes late. Uh, you got just enough. You got on in time to hear me screaming at my daughter to bring me a Band-Aid because I broke my $5 lawn chair from Walmart and I cut myself somehow breaking a lawn chair. That sounds like a lawsuit. I, it does. We'll be looking up the name of the manufacturer shortly. Um, and uh, I'll be contacting my legal representation. of. Well, we'll talk about that later when we do the. If you look at the bottom scrolling, though, the football oh, show. Look at that. From Davis, Kessler and Davis, with Chappie's Fantasy Chat from Dr. Roto, the Off Center Sports Card Show, my first ever podcast, D Swain, Howie Chaney, Phil Harris, and much more. August the 17th. It says 8 to 12, but the truth is we'll probably go to about 11, and that's probably as far as uh, we'll make it. But uh, Jonathan Mathis from out on the West Coast joining us. Jonathan's got a great little podcast himself. We love love seeing you jump in on here, buddy. Maybe we'll have him on one day. He's a great West Coast guy like our friend Rod is a great West Coast guy. So both the big Dodger fans. Robbie, let's go ahead and get into the show and let's uh, see if Rod, how much he misses. Of course, Rod, you were just debating whether we were doing a whole segment on live sporting events or not, less than five minutes ago on text. Uh, Jonathan, we appreciate you, buddy. Appreciate appreciate your uh, – uh, Robbie, this dude is so in tune with the Lakers. I'm telling you, if you want some Laker inside, go join Jonathan. Hey, 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 chat us. Is Chris Paul going to be a Laker next year? Jonathan, what's your prediction on Chris Paul? Well, I actually already know this because I've done read an article he released where he predicted Damian Lillard was headed to the L.A. I, Lakers. I saw they were going to take a pay cut, but I just don't imagine that's going to work out. I just can't figure – I can't do the math on the salary cap to get that to work out. You know, uh, while we're already talking about the salary cap, let's say if Roger's here. No, Roger's not here yet. Uh, I, re- I was talking with Jonathan the other day, and literally they're already talking about the Hawks having to cash it in because they're over the salary cap. Meanwhile – the Knicks, the Nets, the Lakers continue to sign players and players and players. The Hawks have one run to the semifinal, and they're over the salary cap. So it's amazing, isn't it? It is. It is. Well, you know, that's what happened. And well, and Trey's still on his rookie contract too, which is the mind blowing thing. Like, how is that possible? Oh, mind blowing. Hey, welcome there, Mister Late. We have a policy now for you. I saw Rob comment on uh, on you being late or whatever, so I figured I had an extra 15 minutes. Uh, <laughs> I, I cut myself. Well, uh, I got to get an ice pack. We're just talking. My, uh, my buddy from the West Coast, Jonathan Mathis, joined us. Uh, All right. He's a uh, big Laker guy. We were just, oh. just talking. Uh, what do you think, Rod? You're the Laker guy. Chris Paul to the Lakers, Damian Lillard. 
I mean, I don't see the assets there. It's the thing I've heard the most is Kuzma, which I'll pay for his plane ticket, and uh, Montrell uh, or, or Trez uh, probably signing and then being part of that deal for Buddy Heald. That's the first here, uh, first deal that I heard. And, and apparently, uh, Harold has no problems going to Sacramento, which makes him the first person on earth to say that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, they don't have a lot of assets, in my opinion. Uh, they're going to probably lose the German dude with highlights, Dennis Schroeder, uh, the former point Hawk. guard, former Hawk, and, and they're going to need, obviously, a point guard. Chris Paul just tweeted out about, let's get this Phoenix. We're not done yet, that type of crap. Um, so I don't see it, and if memory serves, they tried to get Chris Paul years ago, but Dan Gilbert, the whiny jerk that it is, and a bunch of others shot it down because they didn't want a super team. Well, David Stern, worst moment as commissioner. I agree, 100%. You know, uh, so right. I don't see either of those guys. Uh, Jonathan's saying the same thing. He don't see. He thinks it'd be difficult to get Chris yeah. home. And they yeah. just don't have a lot of tradable assets. I would, I would agree with that too. The one thing that I've heard, Hawks and the Hawks being local, they're probably going to let Lou Williams walk, who's on a huge contract, uh, and that probably solves a lot of their cap space for a year or two. But you're already letting players walk, hey. and you've got Trey, as as Robbie said. Trey on his rookie contract, and they're having to let Lou Williams walk for contract. Yeah, I mean, once Trey gets on his second contract, assuming he stays in Atlanta, yeah, I mean, all the money's going to him. Absolutely. And again, we want to invite everybody August the 17th, 7 to 11 or 8 to 12, but let's let's be realistic. Probably 8 to 11, unless Robbie and Rod get into the bourbon real strong. From Davis oh, so Kessler. I'd say 7 till 2 a.m. Yeah, 2. From Davis, Davis Kessler we'll and Davis on Cherokee Boulevard. We will have – listen to this lineup, guys, before we get in the show. I'm going to invite Jonathan to join us, too. Jonathan, officially consider yourself invited to the football show. Is Jonathan on the phone right now, or is it just his message there? Because he's obviously very intelligent based upon his comments, so I'd like to get – Absolutely. On. He's a – He's an LA. He's an LA podcaster, man. He's got a lot of Los Angeles-based podcasts. Oh, uh, I'll link you his site here later. Yeah. But let me run through this lineup of who we already got committed from Doctor Roto. And yes, I said it. Doctor Roto, Sports Illustrated, has broken off into his own website. His lead baseball guy, Chappy, Chappas, Chappy of Fantasy Chaps. Congratulations, Chappie. Well done, bro. Uh, Jonathan says uh, follow his YouTube cha uh, channel. So we'll link that up in a little bit, too. Is he Sports Judge 85 on Twitter? That is it. I think he is uh, the Sports Judge. Let's confirm, but yeah, that's that's legit, bro. I like it. Alf out of, out of Lines, Michigan, representing the Big Ten and the Detroit Lions. The off the center card show, two great guys, and uh, they'll be there with us. By from my first ever podcast, D Swain, the D Swain and Below Show, D Swain will be joining us. From off the record with Randall, Howie Cheney will be joining us, and our power guest, thirty-five years in broadcasting, 
from Alabama's most powerful radio station, the voice of high school football in the state of Alabama, my buddy Phil Harris will be joining us. So, big on up, guys. All right, we got a confirmation. Sports judge is Jonathan Matthews. So, let's jump into it real quick. I just followed him. Go. Aaron Rodgers, grandstand. Makes it seem like he's not coming to camp. What he ends up getting out of his grandstand is our local Alcoa boy, Kentucky graduate, Randall Cobb. Did Aaron Rodgers really want Randall Cobb or did he have to get something out of this situation? Robbie, we'll let you be first off the tee today. So that press conference today was like a real-life Festivus. It was a airing of grievances. It was just, what all have they done wrong to me? And this is what I'm going to do back to them. Um, you know, I think – well, I think Green Bay won this battle because Aaron's coming back to them to play this year. And that's what they want. And um, – this Randall Cobb thing was a kind of a situation where what Rogers was complaining about was the high character guys that they let go in the past. And so, yeah, give me, give me a friend in the locker room. Essentially is what it sounded like to me. Give me a buddy to get through this. This is like a, this is a divorce that has been set a year out and we've got to get through this. And so Randall Cobb is my buddy who I can talk to about this, that I trust. I need him in here and also mm-hmm. go here and play and I'll play at a high level. Cause he's going to play at a high level because he, he's going to, he wants to go where he wants to go. And I've heard mixed up mixed reviews about what this contract is and can he get traded or can he walk? I think he, I think the Packers still, they have to trade him. I'm not sure who they have to trade him to. So yeah, this was just a yeah, just a this is this is like a joint bank account. They're sharing the money and it's gonna be awkward all season long. Rog, does this change the perspective having Randall Cobb at, at slot receiver? Now I remind you, this football team just spent a third round pick on Amari Rogers, who most expected to be their slot receiver, was their highest offensive draft pick. So what narrative does Randall Cobb do to improve this football team? I mean, is this 2017? Uh, or sorry, 2014 or 15? I can't remember which year it was. I mean, the coolest thing about Randall Cobb to me is his middle name is LaDonald. And that's all one word. And that's that's dope, dude. I'm a big fan. I know he's from neck of the Alcoa or, or somewhere, you know, Knoxville. Um, Mama? Oh, man. Mama Cobb was a loyal Sprint customer back in the day and told us exactly what a piece of crap Phil Former was for telling his son he couldn't play quarterback and he should be a wide receiver. Go ahead. Well, well, I don't know how to feel about Former's advice, but he did play quarterback at Kentucky, right? But he's playing wide receiver for money. Yes. yes. Well said. Um, no, I mean – this is just Aaron Rodgers, like, okay, I got worked. I whined like a baby, and they win, but I want Randall Cobb. I, I think it's a concession trade uh, or concession concession addition 
in the sense that he hasn't played a full game since a full season rather since 2015. Last year he had 38 catches. He had 55 the year before, and then 38 the year before that. He's had a thousand yards one time in his career. That year he also had 12 touchdowns. Uh, the last five years, I think he's had max four TDs. He's not the guy he was. And yeah, yeah, he's in the slot. He won't get that many advantages or uh, chances, rather, blah, blah, blah. Dude, I, I mean, I I feel like he's like a homeboy, the the white kid that, what's his name, uh, that the Raiders signed and thought he would do something uh, on Green Bay, number 87. God, why can't I think of his name? It, the Clemson guy? Hunter Riffro? Uh, no, no yeah, that guy's on the Raiders. No, the old Packer receiver. I wanted to say uh, um, Cam- Camaro. No, you guys know. Who was the other Jordy receiver? Nelson. Jordy Nelson, thank you. I kept thinking like Ricky Prohl, but this is not 2000 Rams um, or Arizona. Yeah, thank you, you Jordy talk. Nelson. Jordy Nelson's pretty much done. Um, I, You know, I don't think Randall Cobb is a difference maker in, in, by any stretch. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think this is just Rogers saving face to some extent. Yeah. I'm sure I, I agree with you that he probably needs someone from the old days with him. I mean, I, is Bakhtiari still there? Like, aside from that, I can't think of a guy on that team that was there when, you know, in the good old days. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I, I think it's – it's it's saving face in my opinion. Well, so so if you're the Packers front office and you say you get you're like okay, Aaron Rodgers is coming back, and his one demand is us to bamboozle the Texans in a trade. Yeah, oh, yeah, we, then, yeah, we got this. That's not Dunzo, a problem. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Dunzo if that's the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we let can, alone the Texans. We can bamboozle the Texans. I mean, Wait, if you O'Brien won't... was there, they could have gotten probably Deshaun Watson and played yeah. him at receiver. Yeah. <laughs> you want our whole team for, yeah. for a six-rounder? Yeah. <laughs> we got you. Done. Yeah. They're the only team more – well, actually, they're, they are the only team more incompetent than the Raiders, um, <laughs> especially on draft day. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what's your – I mean, am I wrong in saying that Rodgers just kind of went like – Okay, I win. You, you know, like he got worked and everything he was trying to do, so to speak. I mean, the guy held out. Did he just want to stay out of camp and 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 spring ball or whatever or mandatory summer? I don't know. Like most people, wait till the end of like fall camp to to say, okay, I'm good. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. The Green Bay Packers won. They were just like, no, like if if you don't want to play, you will sit out. Like. And they just hung tough, and they and Rogers Vincent was like, you know what, I'm gonna play because that's what these guys do. And like, yeah, as much money as you can make. I mean, it's not about the money at this point. It's just that he, he's only got a few years left, and he's looking at legacy. And man, you've only got one. A lot of people have one. Uh, you you got to get to if you because he is an all time great talent. And to be in the conversation, you need to win a couple more. Honestly, I think he's the most talented quarterback ever to play in the NFL. Well, Patrick Mahomes has something to say about that. Patrick Mahomes has done it for three years. You know? Yeah, I mean, we discussed this in a, to an extent that, uh, just you know, are we talking athletics? Are we talking 
you know, obviously Joe Montana couldn't would run a forty and six point so eight. Let's let's but, let's, exchange, let's exchange this. Let's put Patrick Mahomes on Green Bay's team, and put Aaron Rodgers on the Kansas City Chiefs team. Let's now draw out the scenario where those two teams are at. That's that's what I would use. You put Aaron Rodgers on a, probably half the NFL teams, and I think they're an instant Super Bowl contender. I don't know that's true for Patrick Mahomes. Um, I know he's great when he's surrounded by great talent, but Patrick Mahomes has had Travis Kelsey, Tariq Hill, and some kind of phenomenal running back his whole career. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers has had anything other than Mike Adams uh, and a big oh, throwaway. You know, Aaron Rodgers has some good teams, but I, my pushback would be, is the opposite true? Like, Could you say, like, put Mahomes on anyone, throw them open, throw – I mean – we're going to find would, out from Mahomes in about two years. Yeah, I, w- I would say it's more the transition of the NFL's offense versus defense that's making all these quarterbacks great. Like as far as if you want to talk about just talent, um, yeah, it's it's I think it's Mahomes and then Rodgers, very very close. Um, but I would I wouldn't I wouldn't have a big argument if you flipped them. And, and you know, there's and it and. Brady's still the greatest clutch game player ever. Peyton Manning may be the best preparer ever. Uh, Joe Montana may be the second greatest big game player. Quarterback is a different kind of position in sports. That you are truly the guy with the football in every single play that your team has it. So, uh, I'll I'll tell you uh, Randall Cobb's biggest catch is his wife. Uh, I presume she's Persian with the last name Gahramani. Um, she's an attorney from New Jersey. Um, you know, I'm Indian. My wife is is white, and brown and white usually make adorable kids. These two, she's beautiful. I hate to be misogynistic. I don't intend to be. Uh, she's gorgeous, and her kids are are very uh, good looking kids. And uh, yeah, Randall Cobb really did well in that. I think he's got light eyes, and I hope those aren't color contacts. Because if so, then. My perception of him just fell to the floor. Don't wear color contacts if you're a dude. Hashtag GNA or DNA. DNA, sorry, DNA. Yeah, uh, both. Yeah, both of those going on <laughs> on 3R Sports tonight. Uh, we're starting out bad. We're going to get worse. Um, anybody else anything? Are the Aaron Rodgers, are the Packers a Super Bowl contender, yes or no? Yes. Roger. Uh, as long as – Dude, stay healthy. Yes, they 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 were they were fourth and five from the championship last year. Absolutely, well said. Uh, it does my. I have one more question before we go on farther. How smart do I look for drafting Aaron Rodgers in every base best ball league that I've played up to now? I'm just going to reach around, pat myself on the back, and get some, son. I've been getting him in the eighth and ninth round, so. How'd that work out for you? I'm very excited about my opportunity in best ball. Best I would ball like is different. Something this year. Moving on to the world of MLB. Right. Locally, the Braves have made two trades for Doc Peterson and the 37-year-old Stephen Vaught. <laughs> Immediately sending rookie sensation catcher Will 
William Contreras to the minor leagues, still leaving one sports broadcaster named Randall scratching his head. Are we going to see one of these big names in Bryant, Scherzer, you know, somebody leave? Or are we going to see uh, another trade where somebody's desperate to get a middle reliever so they send Fernando Tatis to San Francisco in a trade for James Shield? Or somebody sends John Smoltz to the Atlanta Braves for Dole Alexander? What's going to happen at the trade line, Robbie? You want to let Ross start or you want to take this one? Well, I'll give you my notes. So <laughs> I think the DeGrom injury opens the NL East up. So do the Braves add a hitter? Um, the West National League super competitive. I think uh, Hosmer will be on the trading block. I got the AL East, NL East, the NL West all very close. And then we had breaking news before we went on air that Joey Gallo went from the Rangers to the Yankees. Shoot. Yeah, so that's my baseball analysis. I that's all I, I didn't know about Joey Gallo. Yeah, well, it happened news. about happened about 30, 45 minutes ago. Um that's because that's what the, the Yankees outfit. need. Yes, he does. And he also one year he had more home runs than singles. Uh, he's a strikeout master. Uh, led the league in strikeouts a few years Is ago. He right-handed. He. That's why they acquired him. He's he's lefty, and they needed a lefty. Okay, so a little balance. But they need a lefty. Yeah, exactly. They need a lefty to get on base. Not Joey Gallo to hit solo home runs and strike out every other at bat. You know, alternating. Um, you know, the Yankees are what five games back. Boston is sort of analogous to San Francisco in that we keep kind of waiting for one or both of the shoes to, to drop or fall, whatever the expression is. Uh, you know, Tampa's right there. The Yankees are eight and a half back. Uh, you know, I really think the National League, you know, the, the East, no offense, but I don't see any of those teams going very far in the playoffs without getting very hot or getting a very good player. Um, you know, the, the Mets are seven games over. After that, the Phillies are 500, and then everyone else is below. Um, yeah, the West is loaded. Arguably the three best teams. Sorry, my dog just jumped on where I have my camera and that's why it moved. Um, arguably the three best teams and arguably what most believe to be the three most active teams coming up. Um, the Padres have shown that they're going to do whatever they can. The Giants are kind of, in my opinion, like, holy, sh we're in first. and We have the best record in baseball. Um, the Dodgers, you know, they Trevor Bauer, who if the allegations are true, deserves to rot in jail. Uh, if not, we'll see what happens. There were reports that the team players on the team don't want him back. Who knows? That's from a reporter. But he, as far as the trade deadline goes, he really kind of put them in a horrible position. So people were talking about Scherzer. But what they're asking for a 37-year-old rental who's going to be an unrestricted free agent is far too much. Um, you know, the Dodgers need relievers. They've had so many injuries. Right now, Betts is on the uh, – Bellinger just came back. Betts was out. Muncie was out for paternity. Seager still hasn't come back. Um, they've haven't had their full complement of players. I mean, maybe two or three times, I think. Maybe a little more. So, you know, it's kind of wait and see with them. But I, I think the West, uh, someone in the East is going to make a big deal. 
you know, Atlanta has an excellent farm system, whereas the Mets and Phillies are not nearly as good. And then, you know, like I said, the, uh, the AL East is going to be the typical crapshoot. So, so quick question. Where, where, who owns the Padres now? Whenever I was there, they were like the broke, not the, they weren't A's broke, but they were, they, they yeah. didn't spend money at all. Like where'd this money come from where they're signing all these $300 million contracts? Is there a new ownership group? There, I'm pretty sure there is. Their owner is a. Uh, I know the GM is an awesome GM and AJ Preller, uh, Peter Seidler, who, this day and age, there's so many billionaires. I don't know how he made his money, but I'm trying to find out right now. Is, 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 Seidler, uh, is he like the? Uh, he is the grandson of Walter O'Malley, former Dodger owner. Oh, what? Oh, O'Malley's all Dodger blue, bro. Oh, that's oh, that's so traitorish. Oh, I'm. This is old school money with Slidell that goes back to baseball, and he has committed to to beat the Dodgers. Basically, that is dirty. I Family mean, drama. I, yeah, that's unacceptable. I figured it was like the NBA, where like insert billionaire from any country in yeah. the world buys a team and pays a hundred million dollars a year for a player. Um, I I really it, didn't know. I know their their GM is outstanding. His AJ Preller gets it done. Year, his equity fund last year topped three billion dollars. So, okay. So, oh, he must be, he must be big into GameStop. <laughs> in AMC, or or, family or, money. or or we're gonna take them down. Then we'll own the Padres. It certainly isn't family money because I believe well, Walter Malley probably bought the Dodgers for fifty grand and sold them for like hundred and. 50 200 million when he sold them uh so maybe it is family money that was put into amc and or gamestop so one of the things that bothers me as a braves fan the the tradable commodities they have are very close to major league ready so i mean drew waters i expect maybe up before september wilson Contreras has done been up christian Hache has been up and kind of floundered so his value is really down. And then the young arms that have brought up have largely flopped. So right now the, the trade value for the Braves are seamlessly low unless you want to move somebody that's on your MLB roster, even though you have a loaded major league, uh, minor league system. But I really you got to think long term, in my opinion. Sorry to interrupt, yeah. but. You're not winning a World Series without arguably the best player in the game. Uh, you got to build for next year. There's no rentals, none of that crap. Uh, I just couldn't see them if doing it without that guy. Acuna is just phenomenal. They're uh, building for the future. There is so many examples of people bringing away future Hall of Famers. I mean, it goes back years. Jeff Bagwell was dealt from the Red Sox to the Astros at the trade deadline. Lou Brock, for many years, the home run, uh, the stolen base, last-minute trade deadline trade. I get a lot of knots in my stomach when I hear we traded our number two prospect for a three-month renter player. Or uh, you trade Adam Rainwright, who was in the minor leagues, that is still on the Cardinal rotation for J.D. Drew, who spent 11 months in an Atlanta uniform. And out – our worst as L.A. Dodger fan beats anyone. Uh, Fred Clare at the time, the general manager and VP, 
said he knew he was screwed when the L.A. media agreed with his trade because they needed a leadoff second baseman. And he traded Delano Shields for Pedro Martinez. And uh, we all know what Pedro did after that. And, uh, yeah, we're we're all just speechless. And also another guy was Canerco. We gave Canerco away for nothing. And he had arguably a Hall of Fame career. So, So those two were pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're the Braves, you're not good enough to win it all. So why would you tr- risk any prospects sending them anywhere? Just just be patient and let's hey, win that. We, it, it, we, it was an injury year. Let's just hold off. Let's see what it looks like next year. And just you don't have making the playoffs and losing the first round is not if your if your goal is to win it all. Then that's not acceptable. Now, if it's if you're the, you know, unless you're Randall's fantasy, if you're the Detroit Lions or Randall in fantasy, you just want to make the playoffs every year so you can brag about that. Then that's one thing. But if your if your goal is to win it all, then yeah, getting bounced in the first round is not worth trading up your prospects. Absolutely. All right, let's move on again. This is a special Wednesday night. Uh, Addition of 3R Sports, thanks to investment on my support. August 17th from Davis Kessler Davis, address Cherokee Boulevard. What's that number? Does anybody know? 433. 433, Cherokee Boulevard. We will be live until Robbie or Rod goes down. And I will begin working on our setup this weekend for that. We can have we we can, we can get food and drinks and everything. We'll be drinking, but we can have food and drinks for everyone. Bystanders yes. to come watch live. Yeah, and we'll live call in number. And guys, how many uh, winners in our league do you think will actually call in and say what their chances are winning the league? Uh, Probably say, too many. Wait, how many winners? We only have like what, seven? Uh, yeah, but I mean, how many people will think they're going to win? Like, uh, everyone. going to call in. It, you ain't got no chance unless you draft this thing, Rod. You know, I my consumption is my consumption. I'm not trying to compare wiener sizes, but I, I have the same problems with alcohol that many others do, and I, I've seemed to have done okay throughout the season. Um, you know, one thing about Rob is I don't I think he cares more. Is my personal opinion, or as much about everyone having a good time and you know having a fun league than really winning it because we all know that a hole doesn't need money. Uh, no. It's just about I, I cloud, and, and and he loves talking trash, whether he wins or loses. So what's the difference, you know? I, I assure you, I assure you, I want to win more than I care about you having a good time. He's the only guy that's ever been four and seven. I question that. And had a plan to win the league and win eight in a row after that. I mean, he's four and seven and still talking ish. You know, like it doesn't matter. It, I actually, in a sick way, respect that. And that's all I'll give Rob compliments for. You never know when you're going to make a run. I'm pretty sure I'm you, not going to make You one. sound like a Tennessee football fan. <laughs> Good segue. Tennessee you are. So we know we have NLAs in, in college football. We know for years illegal recruiting has happened. The number one player in America, defensive lineman Walter Nolan of IMG Academy, 
Never played a game at IMG. Actually was out west at St. Benedict's. Strangely. That's in Memphis. That's not west, yeah. Respect, respectfully. Out west Tennessee. I don't count. Hey, we're a national show, bro. Come on. West Tennessee. Thank you. Bro. And for people on the West Coast, Memphis is actually in Tennessee. Yes. Used to get credit for it, but yes, it's we're it's actually in Tennessee. We're it currently does. trying to say trade Arkansas Little Rock for Memphis, but that's another story. My buddy Aaron thought Memphis was a state for like six years when I knew him. I was like, wait, what? Hey, when y'all are on the West Coast, did everybody think uh, y'all lived in Nashville? Because everything I said I was from Tennessee, people assumed I was from Nashville. I mean, I mean, we kind of only knew two states for a fact that Rob alludes towards that were in Tennessee. Uh, I didn't know about Chattanooga for most of my life, and I consider myself fairly geographically uh, versed, if you will. Uh, but Memphis, yeah, uh, obviously I knew Memphis, but I didn't want to believe it was in Tennessee. And, and really, it's kind of <laughs> not. It's in the no, bottom corner. I mean, so is Chattanooga on the on the right side of the east side of the state. We're on the cool corner. Yeah, Memphis is way cooler than the rest I'll of the take, state. Yeah. I'll take Georgia, Alabama over Arkansas any day. Uh, Mississippi has a lot of casinos. Yeah, well, we got some casinos in the north side. I, I was there this last weekend. Yeah, um, we all know that. that. Hey, yeah, yeah, that's an off-the-record conversation, though. Yeah. So Walter Nolan's the number one player at ESPN recruiting, leaves IMG. His family other all of a sudden lands in Powell, Tennessee, eleven miles from Neyland Stadium, a public school, a public school, eleven miles from Neyland Stadium. He'd been offered very early on. Nolan's now appears to be a Tennessee lean. Do you buy ever? that suddenly like you could have two amazing sons play basketball and a coach would give you an assistant coaching job so your sons would come play at their school or that families get the range for them or or it's not a coincidence guys what do you think the chances now mr nolan's ends up in orange or robbie um so this is this is Josh Heifel's moment, I think. You've got families moving, you've got coaching staffs, you've seen the blueprint with a certain program out west basketball team. Um, you're going against UF, UM, Bama, UGA, and then UT's the fifth. Those are the power hitters. I mean, maybe not Michigan, but, you know, Florida, Bama, Georgia. If Heifel can land this kid, um, then okay. Then some momentum starts building. And maybe maybe Heifel can do this, this level. I was – I have been and I am as skeptical as anybody. Um, We've out-recruited Louisville – any player we wanted from schools like that, we've gotten. Yeah. But the fact that he moved here, anybody. That, well, and a defensive lineman, and that's obviously we all know how huge they are, uh, both figuratively and literally. Um, this, this would this this would be, I think, 
the first building block in uh, Heifel's feather in the hat, I guess. And before I pass the torch to Raj, I just want to say, also, Rick Barnes just scored a seven-foot center from Knox Catholic, which puts their recruiting class to number two. And so watch out. More talent on Rocky Top basketball. And hopefully this guy brings more talent on Rocky Top football. Hey, talent has never been the problem in Tennessee, in my opinion, at least in basketball. Um, you know, it's really weird. The kid went from Olive Branch High School in Mississippi to IMG but never played a game and then goes to Powell, a public school? Um, the other thing is, is how outspoken his dad is. Oh, for the record, his high school in um, Memphis, St. Benedict's. Oh, sorry, he went to Memphis as well. I, I forgot that, right? And, and that, okay, well, I thought he was coached by um, Marlon Walls or, or a former Tennessee volunteer, if, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's just a very odd progression, and his dad is so outspoken in the media. I know we have that coach joke and whatnot, but like, you know, the Mobley's dad doesn't say a word, and his dad's like speaks for his kid. It seems like, um, yeah, Nolan's number one on ESPN, which no offense, but he's number three in two four seven, which makes no difference. He's a monster. He's amazing. He moved to Powell, Tennessee. I've been to Powell, Tennessee many times. Um, yeah, whatever it is. If he doesn't go to Tennessee, I'd be shocked. I mean, he's not even going to like Farragut or Alcoa or Marvel, you know, these power programs in Tennessee or some of those private schools that are super nice. Um, some in Chattanooga, Macaulay, Baylor. Uh, he's going to Powell, which is so odd. I fully expected him to roll, enroll at Marvel or Knox Christian. Yeah, the, that's what I'm saying. I fully expected that. Powerhouse programs. Um you know, it's uh, his dad said that Coach G, which I presume is uh, Roddy Garner, right? The defensive yeah. line coach uh, who's got like 30 years plus in the SEC and most recently was at Auburn. I think he had like seven first round draft picks throughout his tenure and like 10 dudes drafted from Auburn or something like that. Don't quote me on either of those. Uh, but obviously he knows his stuff and he knows how to recruit. And Auburn's defensive line was never the problem over the last 10 years. It was other things, uh, aside from Cam Newton, uh, definitely offensively. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know what the deal is, but I'd be very surprised if he didn't end up at Tennessee. But, again, Tennessee landing five stars is not that big of a deal. Then, again, for a brand-new coach in a rebuilding program and a coach like Heupel, um, yeah, that would it would be awesome for Tennessee. This kid is a difference maker. I, th I think it's beating out Alabama and Georgia. That's the big like. If you get if you can go head to head and beat them, that's what I that's what I'm impressed with. Like they've done that before, dude. Many times. Most of the guys that transferred to Oklahoma or wherever, some of them are like Wanya, right? Didn't they beat out those two schools for Wanya? Yeah, and he went. We don't have a hey hey. hey. Hey, but that but that was that was back when allegedly we had McDonald's bags with cash. Now we're doing it all legit. Of course. And and uh it's just my, all just, my apologies. Yeah, yeah, come on. 
Mr. Nolan, you, the new vice president of uh, Pilot Incorporated. So. <laughs> exactly. I, I saw him advertising. Hey, hey, yeah, uh, already. The, that guy's not facing re, re-indictment, so he's good to go. Yeah, he, he got right. So uh, I think that wraps that one up. Let's uh, we're gonna say something else, but I don't want to. I don't want to end up in an NCAA case myself. So let's just move on to the Olympics. Are either one of you watching the Olympics? Have you seen anything? I know. It's my level of interest in Olympics, unfortunately. I know Sienna, uh, uh, whatever her name is, thrown from the individual contest. I know the young American Asian tennis star has been beat. I watched about three minutes of three on three basketball and thought, good God, what? Well, this is driving me crazy. At least make them take the ball back, not half court. I've watched five minutes of a sport. I wasn't sure what it was, but I knew eventually we were going to throw some things and shoot some stuff. That's about it. I just feel like the Olympics doesn't have the audience it used to. Probably you care. I mean, we all care for the U.S., but is there something you're just looking absolutely forward to in the Olympics? So a few things here. Um, one, and I hate to say this because I hate a network to have so much power, but doesn't it start to feel weird that sports on aren't on ESPN? Yeah, it does. And so that, and then. But I think the more troubling thing for me, and you guys know, um, and I think most people that watch us know my views about COVID and the precautions we should take and, and how we should take it seriously. It, to me personally, with the empty fans, or the empty stadiums, the precaution, what these people are going through, it just doesn't feel right to me. Like to it, the Olympics, just doesn't feel like it's it it, it, it's time. And so, like I think, could you? You know, you already pushed it back in twenty 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 one. Could they have pushed it back to twenty twenty two? I don't know the legit. I know, and I feel bad for Japan because they're going to lose about twenty billion dollars on this thing. And these stadiums they built, and 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 then that's sad. Um, any kind of money to be lost like that. And these kids or athletes or however you want to categorize them, both kids and athletes that go there and without families and without support and to win the medals, they do win. Whatever country, it just feels awkward to me. Uh, so I, I haven't been able to watch it like with the time change and, and just the lack of, and like, and like, and it's not just American athletes. Like when Usain Bolt was there, I mean, like to me, track and field, the hundred meter dash is the the summer Olympic sport. Like that's the one you want to go see. Um, and I don't know anyone that's running it. You know, and I don't know if it's lack of advertisement, but it's just so to me. I I watch some, but. Yeah, it's been more 
hey, it's maybe been on at a bar and I've looked on the TV. I'm not, I've not turned my home TV onto the Olympics yet. <laughs> I have uh, just to see what three on three hoop was. Um, I don't know if Randall's signing to me or like a Top Gun airplane or something, or sorry, a jet. Um, Randall, yeah. you're technical problems and from Randall's studio. Randall, Again. just put on mic once you're speaking. <laughs> or just leave. There you go. <laughs> Even though he finally looks good after shaving that beard, um, or at least looks better. Yeah, the three-on-three thing is is very interesting. They do kind of have to take it back to the three-point line, but the guys that played three-on-three, like Latvia and other uh, other countries, they played three-on-three together for the entire year. America throws together dudes that have never made it in the NBA. Robbie Hummel from Purdue, a few other dudes. They didn't even make the Olympics. Um, it's was bad pickup basketball. Um, the only thing I saw was Japan against uh, Belgium, I think, or, or not Belgium, uh, somebody else they were expected to lose to big time. And they had a dude, Ira Brown, that I guess must have been born in Japan. Um, but Japanese players, they were huge underdogs, and they won, like, in, quote, overtime. I think you played at 18. Um, it was kind of fun to watch, but only because it was an underdog issue. Uh, yeah. I think most of us like – Team USA basketball. Uh, however, those of us over 30, 35, remember the 1992 dream team. And ever since then, the standard set. Um, we know we have the best players in the world, but they don't play for the Olympics anymore um, or for the Olympic team rather. And this team USA team, arguably three of their best players came off the NBA finals last week, not yeah. to mention a short off season after a COVID season last year. Um, so Devin Booker, the second best shooter on the team, Devin Durant, Chris Middleton, uh, Drew Holiday. Those dudes just played like another 50 games after 82 yeah. or whatever. Um, then they add, you know, Draymond, uh, what year is this? JaVale McGee and then uh, Keldon Johnson from San Antonio. And some uh, suspected that Keldon Johnson was added over Trey Young, which would be beyond amazing uh, you know you know popovich is a miracle worker but he can only do so much uh well, i agree with you guys sorry go ahead oh i was gonna say my my view is that these i just feel like these games shouldn't be played what do you guys think should they be played should they be postponed till when so i mean I, I was thinking until next year and see how it goes then that would be my suggestion what do you guys think the rest of the world's not opened up like America is. And I mean, you see it in the games to me. Yeah. I was really kind of shocked by how limited the seating was at the Olympic Games. So well you look at the streets in Tokyo, they're they're close. I mean the, so so we, so we have some friends that live in Japan and they're very much for the greater good, whereas America's not. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. We're not. Um, and so they all are, I mean, and who knows who ends up with the best strategy. We're, we seem to be roller coasting it. But it just seems wrong to me that 
not wrong, not wrong. That wrong's a bad word. It just seems awkward that they're playing these international games in front of empty stadiums and no one's there. I'm not. And sorry, I go ahead, really Randall. Look forward to the boxing. Every Olympics, it's the one sport. Like when the Olympics were in Atlanta, I, I felt like to be at the Olympics, I needed to see Olympic boxing and Olympic track and field. So I went to those two sports. I have zero excitement for anything coming up in this Olympics. And I don't know if it's COVID or the fact that I'm so football starved, Robbie, that I'm just forgetting everything else. So. Uh, I definitely have no excitement for the Olympics. You know, I didn't, I didn't think about that. Um, we have been a year without going to sporting events here. Um, that could be something to it. Um, but I'm with you. I love. I, I didn't. My I'm, my Olympics is pretty much standard to track and field. The 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 sprinters like they fascinate me. Um, and the, even the gymnastics, I mean, it's just amazing what they can do. But, yeah, I just haven't had an interest at all. None. You know, when it when it comes to the Olympics, number one, I agree with Robbie. Tokyo built amazing facilities. They were ready. It wasn't like Sochi yeah. in, in Russia for the Winter Olympics. Um, and for whatever reason, and, and bold move, they say Olympics 2020 everywhere, even though it's not 2020. Uh, I don't know as to the attendance, you know, recently America's always last when it comes to this, thanks to morons on uh, a percentage of morons rather. But, you know, recently, finally in America, even the vaccinated are suggested in most areas, including Hamilton County, where we all live, uh, to wear masks indoor. So I'm not yep. really sure. I'll be honest, I'm ignorant to the fact of why the Tokyo uh, attendance has been low. But yeah, they no, no, they, they, every, ban, they ban this. They ban people. But I mean, there's still been a lot of people in the events. I saw some swimming events. I saw skateboarding. There's still been people there, and, and maybe yeah. they're just family or what have you. Um, you, you know, and I agree with you. Then again, you know, one thing Japan doesn't lack is the ability to generate money. But yeah, well, yeah and this well, was this was a Tokyo as a staging point. Well, the one thing I would I would like to see. So I think it was Brisbane in 2032. Um, Brisbane went, they, they got the Olympics uncontested. I would like to see the Olympics at least come back to Tokyo in the near future post COVID and let them get value for these stadiums they built and let them experience what the Olympic Olympics is like. You know, as a mayor, sorry, go ahead. Our buddy Chain said he'd been watching the golf, and that's it. Which, so, how long has that been an Olympic sport? You know, yeah, I mean, that's um, it's really got no reference for me, but yeah, I would probably, if I'd known that they were playing golf, I'd probably watch a little of it. As Americans, we have high standards when it comes to Olympic success, when it comes to pride. Uh, you know, a lot of people only look at medal count and need a superstar like Michael Phelps, Mark Spitz going back. Uh, you know, whoever it may be. And, and a lot of chips were placed on, you know, from saying roulette and it didn't land on Simone Biles. And you can have your own perspective as to the issue of mental health. I've heard people say that she was the leader and she wasn't doing well. 
And she bowed out and let down the rest of her team. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it was an issue. Um, you know, who's to dispute anyone's mental health, let alone someone like that on that stage? Uh, I support her, but there were a lot of chips placed on her. There was no American 100 meter, you know, track star. There, there, there wasn't a outstanding volleyball team or swimmer. She was pretty much it uh, as far as known names when it came to the Olympics this year. And that maybe is also a product of COVID, among other things. And I know, Rob, you know, I, I want to hear what you're about to say. But, you know, uh, when it comes to pretty much everything, the U.S. has is, is kind of been very, dis, uh, I wouldn't say disappointing, but uh, not, not exactly what any of us expected when it comes to athlete or team, et cetera. But, yes, there, there's no one to, to market now. Don't know half these people, 90% of these people. Yeah, and and Randall, I don't know if we're going to talk about Simone Balls on a later show. I don't want to jump the gun. We may talk about yeah. it later. Um, but I'm happy to give my two cents now because I think it's important, but I'll defer to you as the host. To what you, what, I want you to get your cent. I'm it's a two-hour conversation, but you're right. Um, so the people that criticize her – are I can't be any more clear, morons. This is this is not a I'm Tom Brady playing with a torn MCL playing quarterback. This is a person who is jumping up in the air, doing backflips, doing they can't grasp where I'm gonna land. It is extremely dangerous. It is deadly. And oh my gosh, could you imagine if there's a if there was a fatality yeah. for her on the Olympic stage? Like, no, like yeah, absolutely you check yourself out and do not give me this, oh, you have to compete for your country. No, you train for your country. You train every single day for your country. You you compete for yourself. Like the the waking up at five a.m. That's for your country. The wake going up at eight p.m. That that's for your country. You're there to win for your country and for yourself. But to say, oh my God, she copped out or something like that. No, again, moronic. I can't be more clear. Like I heard the millennial argument from old people. Oh, that's millennials. They just give up. Like. No, yeah, it, it, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A, a guy behind a keyboard is like, oh, I would have done better. Are you kidding me? The reason why you're a guy behind the keyboard is because you can't do better. Like, you just can't. Like, do something. Like, like imagine jumping up, doing a three, triple, tr whatever it is, and landing on your feet. We would all be dead. Um, <laughs> and and to say you and, and and to say I can't, I don't have that. I don't have that in me. I can't do this. Then, then yes, absolutely. Take care of yourself before any other. Like, go, she, she's got gold medals. She's got everything. But good God, could you imagine being paralyzed or dead because you wanted to prove someone else wrong? No. Take care of yourself. You've done enough for the country, and, and you've made everyone proud. And so, the courage it took. Real quick yes. for her to come out and do that. Wow. It, I, I don't know if I agree with 
the new morality in the U.S. or around the world a lot. Some things I vehemently disagree on, but the fact that we finally have focus on mental health in this country and how important that is as a as a as a recovering addict, which I've never put any bow of shame on. Anyone who doesn't think that someone with a mental block or a mental health issue is 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 not as serious as any other form just know we lose 17 veterans a day to suicide you know mental health is a serious serious issue and we've seen it at sports at the highest level if you've never seen the mirror the movie fear strikes out the jimmy pearsall story basically in the 50s this guy goes nuts on the field trying to play trying to play for others the kid and i can't remember his name rod you'll know it the the raiders center that just disappeared the night before the Super Bowl. Barrett Robbins. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and maybe it was drug, maybe it wasn't. But one thing we should have in 2021 in this country is at least some sympathy or understanding of mental health issue. And if Simone Balls walked away from work, you weren't there at three o'clock in the morning. Inky Johnson says it so well when he says, She's never cheated the system. To be there, this young lady never cheated. She didn't miss workouts. She didn't skip, you know, days that she didn't want to. The only thing I can say, Robbie, is that's well put. I didn't think you were going there, but once you did, uh, it actually gave me goosebumps to hear somebody actually defend her, and I, I appreciate that. Well, yeah, and, and again, an Olympic day trained four years. <laughs> And for her to, again, she's the greatest of all time. If she can't handle this pressure, then let's step back and say, hey, people that aren't that great, what pressure are they under? Absolutely. And let's just, let's just not be so fans like, oh, oh, I wouldn't miss that 50-yard field goal. No, you wouldn't because you can't kick it. Like, just everyone chill out and let's just all take a step down and let's just all appreciate – all these people's greatness. It, how, how does this? Sorry, real quick. How does this affect anyone? Let alone let someone down. Yeah. You know, it's the Olympics. Shane said, "Have some perspective." I don't know why it's such an issue. People get injured or sick, whatever, all the time. Leave it and leave the game. Not sure why it's even a story. She made a call. No one else could have made a call. That's a good point. She was the only one yes. in that situation. And that's a courage. And, and, and Brandon, it, it, it's not. It shouldn't be an issue. It's an issue because media has made it an issue. And then we've just touched based on it, just hopefully to say how dumb they are about talking about it and making it an issue about. And that's that. Which yes, I guess that's what I'm just trying to do. Just be like stop talking about. It. Stop being morons. Of course, we want to plug, <laughs> stretch the chains. With yeah. Brendan Chains, we're—I guess we got to get organized, Robbie, since you're going to be part of that cast and get it together. And uh, also, friend of the show, Jeff Miller and Arden Scargans are going to be having—I um, had a pool table once. <laughs> Chain said he had a pool table once. He knows Spencer, I guess. Hey, Wait, you guys are having a new show, and you cut out the brown guy. Hey, just just for reference, Chain has played me probably eighty times in pool and has never won. 
that the brown guy is not cut out. You just don't know about it yet. Yeah, that's called cut out. Thanks a bunch, dudes. Also, on Sundays, where I think Rods would want to be, uh, Geoff Miller and Ar- Arden Scroggins are going to do some DFS. I'm not part of either show. So we've got new shows coming. And as Chain says, y'all are spinning a web of lies, Robbie. Rod, see, <laughs> Chain said you're welcome. He said, Robbie, I don't disagree with him. Uh, rarely, <laughs> let alone here. Well, I want to move ahead a little bit, and I want to – it's going to be a visual opening or an audio opening to this this segment. I'm so excited about this one. From 32 yards, that kick is no good. Tennessee wins. In 1998, Tennessee beats Florida. Young Randall charges the floor of the stadium, only to be meet. Young Randall is about 32 at the time, or 31. Jumps onto the field, has a security guard grab him by the back because he's the slowest, fattest guy jumping the rail, saying, Can't be that sir, one. sir, do you really think you should be going out there with the kids? I then <laughs> crawl back up on the side of the stadium and I watch <laughs> the students demolish the field go upright. Wise security forever, guard sounds like Rudy, the wise forever, uh, field janitor. My 1998 Tennessee beats Florida miss kick is a security card saying, sir, do you really think you are to be out there with those kids? <laughs> so with that, we open up our favorite That's 10 funny. moments of the sports history. So I don't know how we are to do this. Do one of you want to go first, or does I say let 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 Roz go first because some of mine, Randall, may may echo yours. All right, so Roz, so, fire us up. What this is is uh, we debated it, but I think Roz was at every one of them. That he's going to bring up. I wasn't at every one of them. One of them, I was eight year old, so it was kind of hard for me to be. But I have a vivid memory of it. It was the biggest story in America, and I'll talk about it when I get there. But Rods, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, so I did. I thought it was top five, and I added a few uh, events, and I did ones that I attended. Um, number one for me was the Bush Push in South Bend. Uh, that was before the expansion of the stadium. You felt like you were right in the field. Uh, that was a crazy game. Uh, simultaneously, my number three, or, or congruently rather, is – even though we lost, I was at Texas USC and in the end zone when right. USC lost contain and there was a fourth down uh, roughing or sorry helmet grab. I can't even think of what the penalty was. It was obviously a personal foul. Um, but but not even being a USC or Texas fan, that was a great football game. That oh that, that, was, that was that was that was one of my top ten that I wasn't at. So I, I did the top five I was at too. That was that was that, my top ten that I wasn't at. Uh, try try being there. So that's, that's you know that's there. I Go contend ahead. to this day the better team did not win, but the best player on the field did win. Um, USC made a couple errors. They had a lot of injuries. Blah 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 blah. Most Reggie credit to Bush Texas. Lateral. I mean, you know, and he had done that in high school, but he did this to Brad Walker, who was a third string tight end, and that's a touchdown. I mean, there was one dude back there, and Red one dude has never stopped Reggie Bush. Um, 
I can go on and on for that game. It drives me nuts. Uh, but I was there, so I put it into three. Number two for me was the 2010 NBA Finals game six against the Celtics. The Lakers were down. They uh, It was kind of an ugly game. They won 89-67. But uh, it pushed to seven, and they won seven after losing to the Celtics in seven prior, which, in my opinion, they were the better team then, too. Um, that was pretty awesome. Uh, my number four was the Rose Bowl against Penn State with uh, Sam Darnold. Not a great team, but the game was amazing. It was like a 51-48 final based on a kick uh, from USC at the buzzer. Uh, not basketball, but when the clock expired. Uh, number five is I was fortunate enough to be at the 1992, I think, Magic Retirement game. Um, at halftime, oh, wow. everybody oh, wow. spoke. Yeah. So that year, my dad uh, was a physician in at Kaiser in L.A., and they split tickets with six doctors. And my dad went a bunch of times, but my mom was like, I want to see magic. Sorry, I, I shouldn't do the Indian accent, but uh, my mom and I went to Better that game. Better doing it than me. Yeah, well, you do it. It's racist. I'm just kidding. Um, that was a pretty cool game. If I were going to go top. 10 all-time, you know, as a Dodger fan, Kurt Gibson in 1988. I mean, you can't beat that, that in my opinion. $100. I still yeah. hate him. Um, you know, for many baseball fans, I, I would say a ton born after 1970. That was the greatest moment in baseball history and aided by the calls uh, by uh, Vin Scully and uh, Jack, uh, what's his name, uh, Homeboy's dad. Uh, who's the dude Jack that Buck. does all the – Yes, thank you. Jack Buck. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm blanking. Uh, another one would be for me in 1983, the Raiders. It's kind of the first time I was only seven, but I remember watching the Raiders. They were in L.A., and Marcus Allen had a 72-yard touchdown run where he went left, uh, reverse field, and then cut up the middle for 72 yards, and the Raiders won 38-9. to um, That was pretty rad. And, and um, the Raiders were an underdog going into that game. The Ram, uh, the Redskins had won the Super Bowl, I believe, the year prior. They were the underdog. People, yeah. Uh, the Raiders had finished 9-7, and seven, got in the playoffs last minute. No one thought they had a chance and just walked the dog in the playoffs. You know, I could argue that that Super Bowl win, and they were the first wild card in the Super Bowl, I think it was yeah. 1980 against Philly. Uh, you know, Al Davis always believed in these outcasts and veterans. He believed that for the next 15 years, and they were pretty bad. Uh, but yeah, I mean, those are the two that come to the top of my head. Again, I was thinking games that we attended. Um, I have a bunch of other moments, but they're very LA centric and probably don't mean much to anybody else outside of that area. So I'd like to hear uh, what you guys have. Mine's going to be very balls and Atlanta centric. So Robbie, I, I, you want to go or you want me to go? I'll, I'll go, go get a beer then. All right. Well, don't get a beer while I'm talking. I mean, I, I can still listen, but I, you guys are both going to say the same thing. So. Right. so I've got some shockers coming up for you. No, I think I've got. I'm well, still listening. Okay, so my top five sporting events, and so I went, I went live, and then mm -hmm. I've got one. I got so I've got five live events. My top five live events, and then a one holy shit event. Okay. Sorry, if I, sorry if I got us. SEC or FCC. Hey, ever since the CBS thing, I don't give a damn anymore. Get you some. Um, so my number one sporting event that I've been to was uh, 
the number two balls at number one Memphis. Um, just the atmosphere and the rivalry and like two schools that hate each other and and we were at the bar and Bruce Pearl jumped up on a table and said, We're gonna beat their bleep and oh, yeah. bleeping bleep, I think it was. That was um, awesome. And they went out there and did it. That was that was in the atmosphere, like Saint Antunica limo into Memphis and just just what Memphis is. And if if you guys haven't been to Memphis or our viewers haven't been to Memphis, it's a underrated, fantastic city. Uh, mm-hmm. Great food. It's a party town. I once saw a guy get beat with a stop sign on Beale Street, so you can. That see is that. also it's also yeah, dangerous. It's also dangerous. Nah, Bill Street is like bourbon. I mean, those are the suckiest yeah. parts of the town. People get beat for the stop sign. Yeah, yeah don't, don't be stupid. You won't get Those are the off. lamest parts of the town, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, that's just where dumb, drunk tourists go. So, number two for me, uh, and this, 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 this is a great category, Randall. I'm, I'm impressed that you did this one. And uh, so, number two to me, although it wasn't a championship, it was – so in 2003, the Titans played Pittsburgh in Nashville in the playoffs. And it was cold and we were all drunk. And it was – so we sit on – in 117. The action was on the other side of the field. Great team. And, and uh, so overtime, Titans kick – Titans kick the field goal. It's good. Fireworks go off. Whoa, wait. No, no, no. Timeout. So, kick it again. Kick it. Miss it. No. Timeout again. So, third kick. Boom. He hits it through the through the uprights. Winner going to the AFC Championship. We ultimately lost. I believe that would have been the Oakland year, I think. 2003, we lost yeah. to Oakland. I was at that game, the FC Championship in Oakland. That was yeah. sweet. Hey, but no, yeah. beating the Steelers back then, let alone for a fairly new franchise, was amazing in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, that's like boom. So number three is uh, when the Vols beat uh, the. So so okay, well, so what didn't get in here was, and it was tough for me, was. Two straight years, the Vols beat the Gators back-to-back basketball championship teams in Thompson Bowling. They did not make the cut, but by a slim margin. So number three for me. Dane Bradshaw told Florida, you don't get rings by not winning in Knoxville, and then they win the national championship. Yeah. (laughs) So so number three was – the Vols beating Florida in 2004, I believe. That was when Will Hoyt missed the extra point. Yeah. Then they onside kicked her. They fumbled the kickoff, and then he got the, the that was kick. The, that was the Phantom uh, rough uh, – the cornerback. The yes. Vols cornerback punched the Florida receiver. The Florida receiver retaliated, yeah. and they threw 15 yards on the Florida yeah. guy. Oh, he yeah. He got the ball back. Always a second dude. That was that was amazing. I was in the stadium. I've never seen Neyland that loud. The only time I've ever sat in section C was for that game, which is at the 50-yard line. Um, number Sweet. four 
Number four is a great game and a great start of the season with a horrific ending. And I think you know where I'm going with this. It is the UGA Hail Mary and the Tennessee Hail Mary back-to-back. Was it was it the pig game? Is that the pig game where uh, – what's his name? The receiver named Pig was on that team? No, that was Juan Jennings. What, the like, pig game – Oh, okay. The gotcha, game gotcha. Tennessee was going to beat Florida or beat Georgia, and they were in the Grays. I was and, there. Yeah. That and, was and Pig run a reverse and fumbled the ball out of the back of the end zone yeah. and lost Tennessee the game. He pulled yeah. a Derek Carr. This game was so magical because so many Georgia fans left the stadium thinking they had won. And then we got outside the stadium, like, why are you guys happy? Like, you guys lost. Like, it was a Hail Mary after Hail Mary. Jawan Jennings, game. and that was when Butch Jones almost collapsed on the sidelines. He's like, I'm way out of my league. Oh, you got it? Butch Jones and Peyton in the end zone before that game. That's awesome. Can you Photoshop Butch Jones out of that picture? I'm trying really hard. And, and so number five on my list, I – just can't knock it out of the top five events I've been to in my life. The Battle of Bristol. I just had such a great time. It wasn't a great game, but I had such a great time game. there. Like, like I just – I loved it, and um, it's what got me – yes, I, it was just a – I got me interested in NASCAR. I was kind of interested in NASCAR. I saw the track. Um, the tailgating, the RVs, it was it – was, they should do it every year. It was a fantastic event. And, and honestly, Robbie, we knew each other, but that was really the birth of our friendship. Yeah. It was that weekend. We spent all weekend together tailgating, and it was really – Yeah. I remember the tailgating more than the football game. Oh, yeah. Well, and in, in my honorable mission, mention, my holy shit moment of this – is I wasn't there, but my on-TV thing was – Don't say the football uh, game. So. No, well, well, that 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 was just a uh, oh my gosh, the refs blew it. But the uh, oh my god game was Tua to Smith to beat George in the championship game. That pass just poof, lefty right out the gate, just poof, perfect. I was going to ask, are there others that come to your mind that you weren't at? Because that you know, you and I were selfishly or at least self-centeredly, which is a shocker. Uh, thinking about stuff we've been to. But uh, what else comes to mind? I mean, SEC-related, oh, anything. The 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 uh, Texas-USC game obviously comes to mind. The kick-six game comes to mind. Um, let's see what I, I – I tell you one that comes to mind for me, and, it, and it's not – I'm not bashing the Dodgers either. Reggie Jackson's three home runs in the World Series in 1977. Now you're dating yourself, but yeah, he became yeah. Mr. October after that game. Yeah. I, I started the list. I started my list with a uh, – I was at a walk-off. I've only been to one walk-off home run game uh, ever, and, like, it was a Reds game. And I, I was like, that was fantastic. It was a three-run awesome. walk-off. It's like that, that, those things are exciting. Um, you start thinking about, I, and then, um, I was at a World Series walk-off. Uh, but it was in the 18th inning. We had to conserve beers, uh, and 
the Dodgers blew the series against a better Red Sox team, so I didn't include it. But Muncie hit a homer in the 18th, and they won the game. And and Dodger Stadium well, you, was crazy. Any of, yeah, any of the uh, white, right, right games or the field goals between the uh, Hurricanes and FSU, those were yeah. all great. And then, and I, uh, oh, go ahead. I bricked one. I'm sorry. Last year, I got to go to game five at the World Series in Texas. There were 11,000 fans allowed. Um, went with three of my buddies. A buddy of mine works for the Dodgers. It was amazing because they won the game. Selfishly, we thought that I was basically in transit during game four, that the Dodgers would win it in game five. Um, but the stadium was all Dodger fans, really. And to be, I, I was fortunate enough to go to the World Series against Houston and Boston. And game two, we were able to go to Fenway, thanks to, he probably doesn't want me to say his name because he may get in trouble, but uh, a buddy of mine that works for the Dodgers. But, you know, the one game we won, aside from game one against Houston, those cheating bastards, uh, was that game five uh, against Tampa. And to be at the World Series again was pretty rad. When I was a younger kid, so my I'm mom's from Chicago, and my mom's from Chicago. She's she huge Michael Jordan fan. So every in like the early nineties, we'd always go down to Atlanta to watch the second round. The, the Hawks were always a four to five seed. We'd always watch Jordan beat the Hawks, and I was always a Hawks fan to be kind of uh, against my mom. And I was just like, <laughs> my life could have been so much better if I was a Jordan fan. She's the only Republican in your family, right? Side yeah, note, yeah. Um, real quick to the Bush push, the same night that that game happened and I was young and we had a good time, the White Sox won the World Series and we were in Chicago. So uh, I think that was an interesting night. So I changed my list a little bit. One thing I watched on pay-per-view is still on the list because it changed my life, I think, and I'll get to it. Starting at number 10 at the Indianapolis 500, setting in the target behind the target pits. I was there with the target family, and I saw Juan Pablo Montoya win the Indy 500. That's forever on my list and, and, and will forever be there. Brad. Number nine, closed circuit TV. I was eight, almost nine years old. It was the biggest story in the world. It was the most racial char racially charged situation I've ever been in. People hated Muhammad Ali. And I went into this movie theater with my uncle. And all night, we were like, we want to be here to watch this in, get his thing. George Foreman's going to beat this in. George Foreman gets knocked out by Muhammad Ali to win the world championship again. I, I cannot tell you. It was like and, two o'clock in the morning and I'm nine years old up watching this. And it they was, showed it in a movie theater? Yes. That was how you saw it. Oh, yeah. That's like, it. yeah. 1975, 74, something 74. like that? 74, yes. God damn wow. it. I am shit. Number eight. That shit was black and white when I saw it. Hey, Ali, no one will know how hated Ali and I was just a kid. I knew I loved him because he was the heavyweight champ. And he was outspoken but, and intelligent. And, but you know, I was like, I was scared. Didn't give a crap what people thought. 
I, t- I told my uncle, I said, I'm scared. He would tell me, he said, don't get up and cheer in this movie theater in Dayton, Tennessee, because Ali was so hated that my uncle was afraid if I got up and cheered that people would like turn on me. Still, Why was that day. event in Zaire, dude? That's one thing I have never known. I know it had like 70,000 people or something like that. It was an Ali was, thing. I figured, uh, but... At the same token, you know, wasn't Foreman the champion? Yes. Still to this day, no one is, no one was feared as much as Ali, and then now as praised as much as Ali. Like he, it, it, it the the way he transpired generations, and to say the same message, but how culture has changed now. I really. And I, we don't use this form for politics, but I'm going to tell you that being a we don't? a Caucasian in the South that grew up a sports fan, <laughs> this is really what has changed. Being a sports fan made me look at people a lot different going. It, it gave me an education very young that those people, hey. you know, those people are saying those things are just wrong. That's just yep. another human being. And it, it has really been a steadfast part of my life that if you use that word in a sporting event, it shows your ignorance, not nothing more. Um, Devil's advocate to Ali though, real quick. So we don't have to wear masks anymore. That's it. Hey, devil's advocate to Ali real quick. Do you think he could have been viewed differently in terms of his legacy if he didn't more or less passed away as a martyr in the sense that he had Parkinson's and it was terrible and he still made these courageous appearances and he lit the torch. Um, it doesn't affect my perception of him, but I, I just wonder if anybody else thinks so. Muhammad Ali right. loved America. Go look at his fight. Oh, I agree. He had an American flag and he walked into the ring with him. He fought in the Olympics and won a gold medal and threw it away because he got home and he discovered that having a gold medal made him no less, made him no more than he was before he left. He was still viewed the same when he returned. All his legacy is, is pretty untouched in my head. Go ahead, Robbie. Sorry. Oh, uh, saying, I, I think and I may be wrong, Raj, but I think you're saying like, could he have, I guess are you asking, could he have done more? I'm probably thinking he could have done less because most people that become blowhards and attempt to remain in the spotlight, uh, uh, it's probably my cynical point of view. Uh, But um, everyone loved Ali when he was about to pass away. But what Randall's talking about, not everyone loved Ali back then when he was more courage than anyone else. And he loves America because it's the only country where you have the freedom to probably do and say what he did. In the sense that, well, that's before my time, so I, w- I won't expand on that. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, he was not the most loved person back in the day when he was great. And he passed away an extremely adored person. Yeah, no, he, he did not grant, grant uh, fame and for, or grand fortune, but not fame and not really as the advocate that he was way, yeah. way before box, he boxing ended and now it was just once it was popular i mean he, they put him in jail for three years for 
uh, speaking his mind. Uh, and, and you'll see when I get to this, this will come. This theme will come back here in a little bit. So let me move on. Robbie, I was kind of surprised this didn't make your list. Chris Lofton, 35 foot over Kevin Durant to beat Texas uh, at the buzzer. I was there. Place goes nuts. Still one of my favorite memories of all time. And, and it's aided it that Durant has become Kevin Durant, you know? It, it, has, yeah. become, it has become oh. a part of, of what sports is. Go ahead. So I was balancing that, and then the uh, I think it was the 2016 that beat the Joe Cam Noah, and the, the like. They they want they want Falls beat the back to back Gators team two times in a row in Knoxville. So I was baiting on that one, debating on that one, and then the Texas game, but I just couldn't find anything to kick it off of. But no, that was definitely in my mind. Quick side note, Durant. Lost in the first round to USC in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, I think it was six eleven. Yeah, he he couldn't beat Kevin Durant. I think Todd Gibson. That was a good USC team. They got robbed against North Carolina. But uh, yeah, for Durant's greatness, he didn't exactly go mellow on the uh, and that's a Carmelo reference on or uh, oh what's his God, name? don't what's his name? feed him. Kemba. Don't feed- don't Didn't go Kemba on the rest of the NCAA. Hey, Durant, pull his team. Roz, Roz, you're feeding into Dave Hicks's mantra of, oh, yeah, Rick Barnes, let's get all this talent in. He can't win the postseason. Right. Just, you know what? I'll take talent and I'll take good regular season over one month because I, I, I enjoy the whole season of basketball. So if we fail in the postseason, it's okay. How sensitive we are, because if Rick Barnes wasn't the coach of that Texas team, perhaps I wouldn't hear what you just said. <laughs> Number seven. <laughs> I was not there, but I cannot leave this off the list. 1992, worst to first. Sid Breen's dash to score in the NLCS to see the send the Braves to the World Series. Number six. That was a Barry Bonds year, right? That's when Barry yes. Bonds was the they yes. When he was like 180 pounds, I hear about that all the time from my wife and father-in-law. And then I ask, what? Did they get a ring after that? Or (laughs) how's Francisco Cabrera doing right now? Did he just pump my gas? Uh, I was at this (laughs) next one. 1985, 17-point underdog. Number 10, Tennessee, beats number two, Miami, in the Sugar Bowl. Michael Irvin, Gino Toretta. The whole Canes Nation had no interest in being there. Keith Jackson walks into the booth beforehand and looks at John Ward and asks him, do you think Tennessee can keep it interesting for a half? 35-7 later, maybe the best college football game ever. Did Miami not want to be there, though, if they were number two? Shouldn't they have been playing for the national championship? No chance. Somebody had won earlier in the day that clinched it. There you go. I mean, Night, sorry. 2017, the Atlanta Falcons beat the Seattle Seahawks to go to the Super Bowl. Never been in a bigger party in the stadium. Never felt more. Have been to a Super Bowl, and it didn't feel like this game does. Wasn't it this next thing, but it meant a lot to me. And, Robbie, you can speak for this, too. It was such a relief for me. 
for the Brett for 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 Peyton Manning to finally win a Super Bowl. The Colts beat the Bears. Peyton Manning gets his Super Bowl, and it feels like the weight of the world was off of his shoulders. Three more to come after that. Yeah, so I'm mixed on that because I love Peyton Manning as a volunteer, but he's a Colt, and I don't like it. And so this is one of those, like, just just let's get it over with. Like, let's just, let's just do it. Like, all right, you want the Super Bowl, be the Colts and you the Vols. And like, let, let me just get away from this. Let me, let's go to next year. I did not feel comfortable with it. And like, I love Peyton, but I hate the Colts. And like, it, it, it it's a bad situation. That's why I don't draft players in the uh, AFC South. Hey, no religious disrespect, but I call him Tennessee Jesus. And I've never seen more people go from Colts jerseys in one area to Bronco jerseys in one area. And I, 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 I was, was like, what, what player could ever do that to a city? I was like, what the? Uh, that, that's the effect of Peyton. And then, you, you know, should, I, you should, I mean, you should he's wait beloved to... by everyone. But in Tennessee, he is the second coming of God. You should wait till you see Trump flags. <laughs> yeah. Number three. I was at this. The Atlanta Braves beat the Cleveland Indians to win the World Series. Ah, sweet. I remember that. That's your number three? My number three. (laughs) Okay, this is going to be good. Number two. Was that it? In the desert. With a backup quarterback. Tennessee wins for the first time since 1951 a national championship and beats Florida State in what was one of the worst freaking football games I've ever watched. But I cried for about an hour straight. 98. Right. Yeah. Wait, T. Martin was a backup quarterback? No. Florida State yeah. was on their third quarterback. Yeah. Who was it? What, what, uh, was Marcus Outson. Outson, that's right. Chris what was Weekie the final of that State. game? And you were a grown man who cried. 17, right. 14. Cried. 24, 21. 23, 16, I believe was the final. So you barely beat That's them with their third string quarterback. Did not care at that point. Hey, title, title, dude. I'm with you. Title's a title. Number one. The greatest thing I've ever saw in sports. Hank Aaron hits his 715th home run. Live on national TV back in the day Jesus. when we only had three channels against the Dodgers, they would turn when NBC for a week. My family was watching it every time Aaron would come up to bat, they would go at live to the stadium to see if he was going to break the record. And you watched Aaron's a bat, and then they went back to regular programming. It didn't happen back then, like you like you allude towards. That didn't happen back then. Yeah, he hit seven fourteen in Cincinnati, and they benched him basically, wanting him hit seven fifteen at home yeah. against yeah. the Dodgers. In, in a historic, one of the great movies yet to be made in sports is that movie seven fifteen, and and what it took for this man to withstand Jackie Robinson type assaults on his family and himself. Absolutely. But 
Nobody, that, many people that, did not yeah. want him to break the record of uh, different racial persuasions, that if you will. Moment is just stands up in my head. A to on top of that, I didn't mean to cut you off, but when Gibson rounds second, he does this. When Aaron's rounding second, two dudes Georgia and bell students. bottoms. Yeah, they, they run and they, it seems like they're bell bottoms in my mind. They run and run with him. Like, I mean, a side, like almost like a Secret Service style. I mean, I'll never forget that. And, and that's an amazing moment. I, I didn't see it live because I wasn't born. But uh, that's so cool. I can so cool. tell you who was pitching, who was, was on a Dodger. Who was the Dodger pitcher? Al, uh, why am I blanking? My bad. I shouldn't have called you out. You're the host. Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker was on deck, Dusty and Baker. Al Cowings was pitching. Al Cowings, nice. nice. So, wait, not is Al Cowings? Isn't he the OJ uh, offensive lineman from USC? Oh, uh, I'm Hold getting this wrong. I want to get it right. Nah, my friend, the internet can help. Oh, Hank Aaron, seven fifteen. It's Al Al, Al Downing. Downing. There you go, Al Down. Hey, I, I give you points for being that close. I don't know, and like, like, and I, I, I like, yes, Hank Aaron, yes, that was awesome, and I don't want to get in the home run debate, but were any of you guys lucky enough to see Barry Bonds play baseball? Please shut the up. I saw Barry Bonds a lot. I um, saw his entire career and his head size. I, I've probably seen Barry Bonds play at age thirty-five. So, so, yeah, so, I've seen him a ton of times. There is nothing more exciting than I saw in sports. Doing Barry Bonds was up to bat. But the when he was in San Francisco, man, it, it was theatrics. And if he got a pitch, he nailed it. And he just jacked it out of the park. It doesn't bother you that he obviously, like his head size grew at age 35. His foot size grew at age 35. He was 180 pounds in Pittsburgh as a center fielder. He was like 250 in San Francisco. Oh, of Great course, athlete course. nonetheless, but like tied to so many HGH or whatever it was. It doesn't bother me, but, but I mean, that but guy. if you've seen him play, like that was. I, I saw him play before that. He didn't need to do it. No, but he, he did it. Absolutely. So he did. You know, he was a Hall of Fame player before he did it. But after been, that, yes. after that, I mean, it was like it was every pitch. Like if you like, it was gone. Like it. It was just a theatrics intense moment. Aesthetically, yes, I agree with you. I don't like the rationale that everybody did it. That fool did it more than anybody. No, I, it I probably didn't say started that. with Sosa McGuire. But, yeah, I've got no respect for him, and it's probably because I don't like the Giants. But on top of that, I mean, Randall probably agrees with me. Um, that guy can go straight to Siberia, if you ask me. Do you think that yeah, my I, I get that, but when you watched him play, like, that, that, like, that, like, that's all I'm saying. Like, you can hate someone, but when you watched a pitch delivered to him, if he swung, it was gone. I mean, sorry, go ahead, Randall. The guy I saw play was not the same guy, though. But I agree with you. I remember his 73 home run. 73, yeah. And it was just like if it went over the, if, if it went over the plate, he was going to hit it out. 
But the guy I saw play, and I saw him play a lot, was closer to Ken Griffey Jr. in size and baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But not as good as Griffey Jr. So, so in my lifetime, uh, and, and obviously I'm not, I'm not as big of baseball guys as you are, but, yeah, for, for me, my the best player I've ever seen is King Griffey Jr. Yeah. For me. Uh, he pushes my list. I, oh, yeah. I never, I never saw Aaron live, but I've seen – I'm a big pitcher guy, and a lot of people hate him, but I've seen both Roger Clemens – and Greg Maddox live, and those are the. Well, you can't go. Guys. You can't go Roger Clemens if you say no Barry Bonds. So it's got to be Greg. Agreed. Maddox yeah. at like forty-five was throwing his fastball in the low eighties, and he was still getting people out with all of his crazy placement, off-speed. It didn't matter. Maddox is way up there for me. Do you? Uh, before we get off this subject, do you know one thing that almost I, it, it was tough for me to li- leave off the list. And, and it had an, a huge effect on the sports. And since it was the Olympic time, there was two things that I thought about. One, oddly enough, was OJ's 2,000 yards in a 14-game season. That was really – that was unreal at the time. Unreal. Like unreal. Unreal. And Bruce Jenner in 1976 was the biggest phenomenon in this country after he won – the decathlon. He was a bigger star than anyone in the NFL, NBA, or Major League Baseball. And now he's a TV reality. Uh, Shane, a couple of things. Shane added, Morris Collette beats uh, the U in 2002. That was that was big. And he How'd that end up? That was a good game. Yep. Headlock it was a good game. But nobody cares. Except for Ohio State fans. All right, guys. Sorry. I'm going to do something different on Bet Your Nuts for the next six weeks. I'm Or eight weeks. I'm going to look like a cheater before you say that. My Bet Your Nuts was the Dodgers tonight. Uh, Walker Buehler pitching. Uh, it's his birthday. And uh, I didn't expect this to happen because they haven't scored anything, but it's 4 nothing now. So it's not fair, but that – on my travels, your bet, your my bet, your nuts, and I have written proof of it. So, so we'll give you credit for it, even though you got kicked off. My bet, your nuts, is I'm going to give you the winner of every division and the odds they're currently at in the NFL, and you're going to place your bets over the next eight weeks. And I'm going to start in the AFC South because I think it's the easiest one to pick. And it, I think it's two and a half to one is the mobile app. I'm going to pick the Tennessee Titans to win the AFC South. I know. And, and I, I mean, I don't think it'll be close, Robbie. I think the Titans are going to – I mean, I think Indy's got a little something. But uh, – uh, No. Uh, Tannehill's one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. So, Raj, my bet you're nuts for the next eight weeks. I'm going to give you the winner of each one of the NFL divisions. And I'm starting Whoa. with the AFC and starting in the AFC South. And I gave the Tennessee Titans 
to win the AFC South at I think it's two and two and a half to one. So hmm. to win the South. I'm writing this down. Yep. Robbie. So just my bet, my nuts pick. Yeah. So okay. So the draft, so there's not much going on here. And divisions. That I'm not a baseball fan. So I'm giving you the exact three picks for tomorrow night's NBA draft. Oh shoot. Yeah, so this is this is four fifty to one. So get rich, kids. <laughs> so I've got num- number one, Cade Cunningham, obviously. Nephew. Number two. I've got Evan Mobley going. And then number three, I've got Jalen Green. This is plus 450, guys. Get so on most, most think that Mobley will probably go to the Cavaliers based upon contract situations, and Green could go second. Um, yeah. It's all interesting to me because I thought Suggs was – there's like four or five guys in play for number two, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah, you've got your number two, right? You're probably money there, right? Yeah. All right, guys. Well, so, I, I'll leave my words, but I do want to promote a couple of things. Again. Wait, did Ross just bet his nuts? Yeah, he had the Dodgers. I said oh. the Dodgers, but then I got I dropped the call immediately, so that sounds like karma. So I, 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 I swear I've written notes as to bet your nuts, uh, but when I said that, and they were up four nothing now. My phone dropped the call, so sounds like karma to me. Can't do something when you're already up four nothing. So it was the Dodgers. I promise you, they were plus one twenty five uh, with Walker Bueller pitching on his birthday. Even though the Dodgers have half their team, uh, they've blown. They're one and ten in extra innings, and they've blown saves like five out of the last nine games. But nobody tonight was the night. Nobody put one on the tee worse than me this week with picking the Titans. That's kind of like going out in the front yard and saying the grass. Well, I thought you were going to pick every division winner. I thought you were. What a week. What a week. Okay. We're eight weeks from the start of the NFL season. Wow. That's strong. Uh, Respect. So, again, at Davis Kessler, the 17th, uh, we'll try to be on the air early. Uh, if anybody wants to join us from our fantasy league or one of the fans or somebody wants to drop in, Jane, if you're free, please join us at Davis Kessler. And of Davis. course, Jane's free. He doesn't do anything. Uh, I think Criminal has going to be dropping All 12 members are welcome to rant why they will win our fantasy football league. Uh, special guest uh, coming in. I, I, I've got. He says he might be there. Uh, from the ACC, our buddy Justin Thomas that we had on a draft show, the uh, San Francisco fan. He will be there to talk ACC football. From the Big Ten, our off the center sports card show guys out of Lyons, Michigan will be there to talk Big 12 football. Our buddy Chappie. From Dr. Roto will be there. Uh, Jane, you can get in on the Big Ten talk. Our Pac-10 12 expert, 
from USC, Rod Meta. Expert. And our SEC expert. All of you. The one and only Robbie Davis. Oh, boy. Expert. <laughs> y'all, I, I got my hands full just keeping y'all on time. Hey. Getting the show. I'm all on time. So. I should be there. I'm playing the violin right now, but I got minor back surgery on the fifth. Um, it's outpatient, so it should be fine by then. Even if I'm not, they'll give me good drugs, so I'll be there. But uh, just FYI, I'll get you a bottle of bourbon and quit wine. And I'm saying, I mean, you've been through a lot worse than me, but I'm a I'll lot you younger than you. Also, uh, for fantasy draft. Uh, for folks on the network, uh, we are – what we're working off right now is I'm going to set up a camera in a lo location next to our drive. After you make a pick, you can go into the confessional and you can explain why that's a great pick. You can explain how smart you are. How dumb I have a lot of stories on this thing. Don't make that crap. I, I could do. I could do. I could do a forty-five minute video about why my my pick seems smart. Yeah. So and then after about a week of editing out all the inappropriate stuff, we plan on releasing a video somewhere uh, on the internet. Fanny pack, ice pack. Can't sit without it. Uh, old age, bro. We uh, and we also got the two shows. Which, here's the honest truth, and, uh, and I'm glad Shane brought it up. Um, hey, take this 20 second max on that, Robbie. 20 second max. Uh, it better not be live, dude, with those morons. All of us I, morons. <laughs> I won't ever get on the air again. Um, we are going to try to increase our coverage for football season. If we don't have it definitely down. What I hope to put out is some DFS content on Sunday morning. There's 10,000 guys doing DFS content. I don't know how it's going to be different, but we're going to come up with something. And it'll be free. It's not like you're going to be paying for it. And then Shane and the guys are hoping to put together kind of a recap of NFL Sunday. Or, or uh, college football Saturday, and, and talk about that at some point. So we need we need people willing to do some shows is what we need. Uh, this show we're not we're not desperate though. I mean, I don't think we need some of the people. Uh, I can I can probably do more. I can probably swing more. Yeah, this show will probably expand to two hours for football season. I think we'll have that much material. Well, we're at 1.6 now with no football season. Yeah, we could go four hours and no problem. And the also, uh, I have a commitment to Chappie on Thursday nights, but there's an open time slot on Thursday from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock that we might do something in. So uh, I, I'm, I'm, we're definitely going to kick it up. And, Again, if you're a friend and you want to see if you like this or want to get involved, please give me a yell. That's my rant for the day, Robbie Davis. Oh, Robbie, you got to go last. Just got to keep the talent to last. Rog, I know my role. I'm the first one. 
you can be the second most talented guy, so you can go back. I highly disagree with your assessment. Um, <laughs> I'll say this. There's a recent, like very recent CNN article that said, and again, we don't want to get in this for too long, but Simone Biles and the twisties is what she said. Uh, she basically wasn't 100% even though she claims it's not because of a physical injury, but she wasn't able to do the same amount of rotations or twists um, for whatever reason, and she knew it. And the team was already behind, and the Russian gymnast was – or excuse me, the ROC gymnast was uh, essentially going to win. Um, not to say that that's why she – didn't do it. I want to use the word quit, but um, there's interesting articles on what she had said. And one of the things she said is, I just don't trust myself as much as I used to. And it goes to Robbie's point. It's, you know, these are ridiculously athletically taxing events. And if she knows or thinks that she's going to get hurt, you can't do what she does, you know, and that's essentially what she's saying. Um, I'm a little bit more nervous when I do gymnastics. I feel like I'm also not having as much fun. On top of that, the, the pressure, you know, put on her again, she was the, the golden girl, the, the star of the U S Olympics, the only person that anyone knew aside from USA basketball, in my opinion, um, that's a lot on a kid, you know? So again, to Robbie's point, big ups to Simone Biles took a lot of courage to do what she did. Absolutely. Robbie, um, I don't know, Stephen A. Smith. Oh, the talent. Excuse me. Let me listen. Go ahead. Bring us home. Well, I'm not going to say much of anything, but I just want to say, so uh, funny story this morning. So uh, my mom, so I'm going to Estill Springs this weekend. Um to help take care of my mom who had knee surgery over the week. I think she had knee surgery on Monday. Um, and then, so we were, you know, I'm following from a distance. Um, I get out of the shower this morning. Um, and I have three missed calls from my dad. And so I mean, I shower for 10 minutes. I'm assuming, Oh my gosh, things are going bad. Um, so I call my dad back, like fearing for the worst. And I call him. I'm like, hey, you know what's going on? He says, you know, Texas and Oklahoma are joining the SEC, don't you? And I was like, good God, don't you get the internet? Although that's like three days old. But um, but anyways, the moral of the story is, yeah, uh, parents grow get, old and they don't the keep up keep up with uh, the time sensitive information you do. I hope my mom gets well. Um, you guys know her, or at least met her a couple of times. Um, Greatest basketball player in the world. Yeah. She's rad. She's very super rad. Usually wins our basketball tournament. Except so, for her political beliefs, which I can't Yeah, yeah. She, she's a little cuckoo on the political beliefs. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'll be there this weekend taking care of her as she recovered from knee surgery. Um, so, yeah, I guess just enjoy your health. Yeah, absolutely. It's good, true. Good, good call, host. Good call. Yeah. It's always fun. We'll slide back to our Tuesday time slot. Um, again, the swag is available. 
uh, Brendan, uh, just tell me what you want. I'll bring it to the from the draft that wants some swag. I'll I'll get it. Um, I get it out. It's going on our Facebook page tomorrow. So um, we'll have it up. And again, the prize uh, fifteen for a hat. No, I think a prize. Anyway, I got the prices wrote down somewhere. I'll get a You can get a hat, a shirt, and a sticker for 40 bucks. That's the package wow. we want everybody to take. So, uh, the sticker surprisingly has stuck for more than two weeks. Right? So, I can attest to its quality. So, uh, hey, 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 I don't want to go into any details, but I want to say I applaud Brandel for his victory on Tuesday. Brandel. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well done. Long hard ride sometimes, but like a, like people had said, ain't it? It's it's a good ride. So thank you. Divorce sucks. Uh, let's see what's. Uh, so Brandon Jane with the package. Uh, Robbie, you and Rod, y'all bring your stuff to me to you. Today we do the football show if I don't see y'all in between, okay? All right. We are, what I came up with is 10% is going to go to the Kidney Foundation of Chattanooga. 10% of our... Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. So it's wonderful. $40, $4 of it goes to benefit the Kidney Foundation. So Wait, wait, wait till I get on my liver foundation campaign. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need all y'all's money, not just the percentage. I'm gonna need everything, bro. Lost, it's, need, it's like Tennessee football. Yeah, a new like Tennessee. Sorry, man. Like Tennessee football, lost cause, bro. Um, <laughs> but, but good on us. Sign me up for two. I'm, I'm in. But yeah. All right, bro. All right, for Randall Cunningham, for Robbie Davis, for Rod. May your drink stay cold and your team's on a hot streak. We'll talk to you later. See you guys.